It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends. We are hanging out with former big league outfielder Lane Adams, asking him about a billion questions about 2020 summer camp and anything else we come up with. How does that sound? Well, this is Locked On Twins. You are Locked On Twins. Your daily Minnesota Twins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello again and welcome back to Locked On Twins. I'm your host, Brandon Warren, and you can find me on Twitter, though I don't think I would, at Brandon underscore W-A-R-N-E. Thanks for making Locked On Twins your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts as well as on YouTube. So if you're watching us on YouTube, thank you very much. Give us a thumbs up. Give us a subscribe. And we're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As a reminder, you can be active in the comments. This particular episode is not live, but every time we do a live one, we more than encourage you to leave comments because I can put them up on the screen and roast you if they're bad or I can answer them if they're good. So makes the show a lot of fun. Please feel free to send those. And to if you have questions you want answered just any old time, hit me on Twitter at brand underscore Warren at Locked on Twins. Hit the DMs. Also, Locked on Twins postgame minutes. Find those in the shorts column on YouTube. Today's episode brought to you by Sleeper. Swing for the fences on Sleeper Picks. And you can win up to 100 times your money. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $100, up to $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions do apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. But they're currently operational in over 30 states, so run on over there. Check out the Sleeper app and see if you're in one of them. Now, to delay even further, Twins Rangers Friday night at Target Field, 7, 10 p.m. is going to be Dane Dunning and Sonny Gray. We'll talk about that more here a little as the show goes on. But you can catch every pitch of the Twins hometown broadcast with Corey and Danny. Corey having a tremendous call of that Ryan Jeffers two-run homer off Will Smith last night. I highly recommend you go check that out. But you can get that on the SiriusXM app. Just search Twins. All that aside, Mr. Lane Adams, how are we doing today? I'm great, Brennan. How are you doing, man? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, you bet. And so this isn't the first time we've done this, although it's the first time we've done it via video. Um, <clears throat> and maybe you remember, maybe you don't. But uh, you were on my Midwest Swing podcast a while back where we talked about all kinds of different things. Um, it's going to be a lot of different meat off the bone this time. So if people haven't listened to that, it still exists in the archive someplace. But um, I understand you are in charge of something called OK Swings. You're not playing anymore, despite what the Google machine might tell you. Um, what is OK Swings? OK Swings is my brand that I made for my hitters at my batting cage across my driveway at my house. <laughs> That's pretty exciting. So what is that? Uh, is that just kind of a, like, are you teaching? Are you instructing? Are you, do you have a business, a big whatever, or is it just kind of small and, and it's, it's, intimate? It's a little bit of everything. It's it's big on, it's kind of social media is kind of blown up. It's got a pretty yeah. good Instagram following. Uh, I have a lot of clients. I probably see 50 to 55 hitters a week. I probably have a total of 85 hitters. Wow. Uh, it's a lot of fun. It's it's kind of small business. It's just me. I don't have a, any employees or anything, so it's just me. It's just me and my hitters. Uh, we do one-on-one work, uh, groups, small groups of two and three, just really kind of dissecting, uh, trying to make hitters better, whether it's mechanical approach, different things of that nature, just trying to help them reach their you know, their fullest potential. 
Now, I feel like hitting instruction is is pretty common. Do you do any other instruction? Because I feel like it, it, when we look at value of players nowadays, we always gravitate on the offense because that's so easily quantifiable. But do you do any other instruction? Or are you really hitting heavy right now? Ah, uh, just hitting. Everything else yeah. boring me. So uh, just hitting. That's all I really care about. All I enjoy. So, what kind of drills do you do? I'm sure. You know, we, we both know that certain side of the, the Twitterverse that likes to mock some of those goofy drills. But um, what uh, do you have anything unique or is it just kind of a culmination of, you know, everything you've learned over your years in baseball with your own spin on it? How, how do you do that? Um, it all just varies individually. Uh, I've worked with a lot of hitting uh, people in my career and picked bits and pieces from everybody and try to help if i have something in the past that maybe didn't work for me but works for yeah. another hitter we'll try that out. It's, everything's kind of just based on individual um you can't cookie cut everything everyone every individual proceeds you know they have different motor patterns motor, motor preferences they perceive things differently uh learn thing uh, different learning traits so it all just varies down to the individual i think uh the benefit of me kind of sucking as a player is that I went to a lot of different freaking hitting guys. So I have a lot of knowledge on like philosophies and things like that, that I really feel like I communicate it really well. So, uh, but yeah, everything's tailored to an individual. Um, and if I don't have the answer for him, I try to go out and find the answer, you know, for him. So everything's just wired and tailored to the individual hitters, whatever they, whatever they may need. Now um, in my experience hitting, and I played D3 for a year, so I'm not, uh, any sort of big time hit or anything, but I felt like there's a very delicate balance between having too much on your plate and too little where um, if you're up there thinking you're not, you know, you're, you're handicapped a bit or not handicapped, I guess would be the wrong word, but like you're stunted up there. Um, whereas if you're not thinking at all, that can be problematic too. Do you find that that's, you need to find that balance with every hitter you instruct? Absolutely. You can have paralysis by analysis. We talk about yep. all the time. Uh, we try to keep all of our maintenance and drill stuff, everything we do mechanically in the cage. Now, we might take a, a nugget or two with us to the games, but the most at the end of the day, it's all about competing, being on time, and being confident and ready to hit. You know, if you, no matter what drills you do, what your swing's been like that day, if you can't check those three boxes, if you can't be on time, see the ball, and swing good pitches, you're not going to be a good hitter. So, uh, there's definitely some some balance you got to walk. Uh, you know, as a hitter when I played, I would want to carry some stuff over a little too much, and it kind of can be work against you. So there's definitely that fine line you got to teeter totter on when you know you're trying to maintenance your swing and, and also be ready to hit in a live game. What do you like or dislike about the modern way baseball is taught? The swing, the patterns because i feel like we may be in a pendulum swing um you and i are actually i think a fairly similar age yeah you're a couple years younger than me um but i grew up in the moneyball era where it was we we learned a lot about data and then we kind of swung too far toward data and now we're kind of trying to find that happy medium between you know the old guys telling you how to play the game and the data how to tell you play the game uh, where are we on that pendulum swing um and where do you feel like that kind of trickles down to what you're doing. I think we're swinging back to more, uh, trying to get back to more quality contact. I think yeah. that's where it's going. I, I think you said earlier, we came up in a data area where <clears throat> high velocity launch, that's kind of where I started at. And yep. it worked until it didn't. And it kind of came too much for me. 
And yep. then I started finding, when I started getting really good and started making steady progress, it was more kind of an, an old school, fundamentally uh, based learning. It wasn't so much data and metrics and all this stuff. It was, uh, it was more like getting fine tuned my body, doing certain drills, um, and really, really helping me just fine tune my, my swing. Like I was already a pretty, you know, I was like 6'3, 220, pretty good mm-hmm. athlete. Didn't need to add any power to it. So it was just kind of <laughs> making sure my bat path is you know, sustainable and at a high level. Yep. Uh, I think that's kind of where we're heading back towards is that it's not so much boom and bust is, you know, let's, let's just sell out for slug. Uh, we, you know, pitching's getting really good. You can't go up there and swing out of your shoes anymore because these guys right. are good with the, with the velocity atop of the zone and the pitch design to tunnel all their pitches off of that. You got to have some adjustability and have a hit tool. I think the penalty yeah. is definitely swinging back in the hit tool, uh, Form. And I think it's going to be good because you, if you can really get these this, the data and the, the, the science side connected with the old school mentality, I think you'll you'll see a lot of progress. And some teams are already doing that. I know the Rangers, Dodgers, uh, Rays, a lot of the good teams that yeah. are having success are already kind yeah. of a little bit ahead of the eight ball on that one. So <laughs> if you ask Google, you're still playing. Um, I know you told me off off air you're not, but um they insist that you are playing for a team called Quintana Roo in Mexico. Uh, that was in 2021. I have to ask you, I mean, you played 35 games in Mexico. What was that like? Because, um, you know, I can say I played college baseball and you played in, uh, in you know, low level. Well, you didn't do college, did you? Um, no, you were high school. But I, I can say that I played in high school. You played in high school. We have that unified experience where at least we know what high school baseball is like. Um, but I cannot at all empathize with someone who played in Mexico. I, I can't, I can't figure that out. I can't get my head around that. Can you help me get my head around that? Brandon, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> uh, it's a lot of fun. Now there's, uh, I played in Venezuela in winter ball. It's very yep. similar to that. Uh, I liked it a lot. I now after 2020, I was pretty much done. Like I didn't train. I didn't do, I didn't work out. I just, I got a call from Mexico to say, you want to come play? I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? So I went and yeah. played for two or three months. Uh, just got off the couch and played. It was a lot of fun. Uh, the The culture is all about winning. There, winning's all that matters. It doesn't matter how, what what you do, who you are. If you're not helping the team win, they will send you on your way and get you, and find someone who will help them win. It's a. I enjoyed it. It's it's way better, like, especially at my age when I was I was thirty one, thirty yeah. at the time. Uh, you know, it's I enjoyed that brand of baseball more than i did like triple a type thing yeah. with like development and making sure guys so i i appreciated that it was a lot of fun uh i kind of wish i'd uh, kind of prep myself for it a little bit more but at the end of the day it was a lot of fun i'm glad i got to do it and um it was a really cool experience man and you know being in cancun playing in cancun baseball in cancun wasn't a bad gig either no um i honestly so you played for Acereros de Monclova. I'm not sure if I'm saying that correctly, but the only reason I bring it up uh, is because, and you've probably gathered this from following me on Twitter for some reason. I don't know why you do that, but I appreciate it. Um, I love remembering some guys, and this team has so much bold ink. It's you, Eric Ibar, Chris Carter, the guy who mashed a whole bunch of homers, Michael Choice, Danny Espinoza, Joey Rickard, Ricard, um, Shane Robinson, Addison Russell. I obviously know why people don't talk about him as much, but uh, Dwight Smith Jr., 
Charlie Tilson, and that's just the hitters, the pitchers, Al Albuquerque, Jake Barrett, Bartolo Colon. Well, Colon, uh, baby. Yeah, Ryan Garten, um, Braden Shipley, who's a prospect at one point, Alfredo Simon, Sammy Solis. I mean, there must be somewhere around 20 guys with bold ink. That, to me, you know, when you talk about AAA being, this being a little more fun than AAA, I feel like this melting pot of guys, because there's also a lot of countrymen too, um, that dynamic just had to be fascinating. It was, it was, it was a lot of fun. Uh, and like, like we said, it's, it was all about winning and yeah. the competition, you know, you look at it, you know, a couple years ago before they made all the, the minor league changes with cutting teams, rosters, you know, just, you know, organizations are smaller because there's less teams. Yeah. Uh, these leagues weren't as good. Like they weren't as competitive. Now they're super competitive. It's, it was, it was, the talent was way better than I thought of even from the countrymen there. They were very mm-hmm. good, but our, mm-hmm. Our roster was really good. Tijuana was really good. Uh, Monterey uh, wasn't very good that year, but they had some dudes on their team. There were some very, very good quality, you know, professionals down there, and it was it was a lot of fun. Um, I I would not mind if I had to do more of it. Honestly, I, I'm not going to play now, but had, you know, if I was still up playing, I definitely yeah. keep, wouldn't mind doing it again. It was so much fun. Well, and you played played for Pat Lishdash, the nineteen ninety three AL Rookie of the Year. So uh, <laughs> that just that just speaks to me because I was a little kid when all that was going on. So I I love remembering some guys. As uh, again, I'm sure you've seen on Twitter. Um, before we move on to our next segment, we'll talk about summer camp. What what do you envision, or what is like your goal with this instruction? Um, you know, would you like to have a job in the big league someday in the minor league someday? Are you happy where you're at kind of like um, in one place and, you know, the instruction comes to you? I'm happy where I'm at. Like my, yeah. my current cage is right across the street from my driveway. It's right. I mean, it's right across my driveway. It's at my house. Yeah. Everyone comes to me. I enjoy it. I've had a few minor league offers to start getting into that. I'm not interested in it uh, at all. Could that change? Uh, Pretty unlikely. Maybe, maybe as my daughter gets older, and you know, but right now, no, I don't. I won't do anything. I don't. I won't do anything like that. So time consuming. Yeah. Uh, and it was gone twelve years already. So it's yeah. maybe when I'm older, older. But for now, definitely not. Definitely, I love being at home. I love playing in my men's basketball leagues in the summers yep. and weekends. Uh, yep. I get to see my family. I get to go to my, you know, nieces and nephews' birthdays that I never get to go to. So I'm getting to enjoy all of that now. So I definitely enjoy being at home. I would kind of just like to keep growing clientele, eventually yep. get a bigger building and all that stuff, bigger batting cage, and uh, just kind of, I just kind of this, but just on a bigger scale. Sure, that makes sense. Uh, quickly, one year ago today, Twins lose to the Astros six three, fall to sixty two and sixty one. Wraps up a six-game losing streak, and again, we're going to remember some guys. Um, the Astros pitched Luis Garcia, Will Smith, Will Smith, who Ryan Jeffers homered off on uh, last night to to give the Twins a win. Um, but on the other side, Chris Archer goes four innings. Jawan Duran pitches the fifth. Jorge Lopez in there. Trevor McGill, who's now with the Brewers. Um yeah, I just like remembering some names here. And so this, to me, is a lot of fun. Um, Luis Arise DHing at the top. But uh, Christian Vasquez, also current twin, betting fifth for the Astros. Now, as we move into our second segment, we do have to talk about our friends 
over at Sleeper. Sleeper is a new sponsor of ours. And if you want a chance to win more money with fewer picks, head to Sleeper, which is the number one sports app where you can win up to 100 times your money on just two or more fantasy baseball picks. So if you think a player like Lane Adams is going to hit a homer tonight, you can put your money where your mouth is, say over zero, and you get one homer, and you can use different um, statistics, different players, kind of bunch it all together and win big time money. If you get your picks right, you can win big. It's home runs, strikeouts, hits, that sort of thing, and dynamic payouts. So basically, each player projection has a multiplier attached to it. And instead of a preset multiplier, uh, so it's all based on legs in your contest. And so there's more categories to bet on, et cetera, et cetera. Again, you can get higher payouts with less picks. So use the promo code Locked On. You'll get up to $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See sleepers. Terms of use for details. Currently operational in over 30 states. So run on over to the Sleeper app and see if you are in one of those 30 states. Or just sit tight and they'll get to you. All right, Lane. Um, you. So it's funny to me, <clears throat> I guess before that, Twins Rangers tonight, 7, 10 p.m., Dane Dunning, Sunny Gray. Uh, catch every pitch of Twins Hometown Broadcast with Sirius XM on the SXM app. Just search Twins. Also, thanks for making us your first listen every day. In addition to talking to Lane here, we are going to be talking to Pat Light here coming up. Carson McCusker, who is a Twins hitting prospect. We'll get him next week. Got a lot of fun stuff lined up, so thanks for hanging out with us. Um, Lane, when I see your picture on Baseball Reference, you have a Twins hat on. And I feel like in some respects, people who look back on 2020, um, you know, who don't understand what all happened that year, will be like, why is he wearing a Twins hat? He doesn't have any stats with the Twins or their minors. Well, 2020 is why. Um, when you signed with the Twins, I assume you had no idea what was coming ahead for the year to come. No, zero. Zero. So so you're you're signing with the Twins. What, what made you pick the Twins? Because you've been... Uh, a few different places. What's, you know, we know what differentiates for free agents at the big league level, minor league level is a little different. Was it more a ch- an opportunity, facilities? What what made you hone in on Minnesota as, hey, this is an opportunity? Brandon was the only damn offer I had, dude. For real? It was oh, wow. Had. It was the only one I had. I, my 2019, it started off really well in Lehigh yeah. Valley. I like got to the best start of my career and then opted out that contract uh was at home for three weeks went to double a i think it went over 36 i think i got i think it went two i went two for the whole like three weeks i was in double a with atlanta yeah. and that was just was bad um so I ended up signing the deal with a minor league deal with the uh, twins man and i was very fortunate i did I, yeah. I, I really i mean i didn't play but you know it was covid but um i was really happy that i was with minnesota during all that well and so you would have originally been ticketed for was that was rochester right i mean they weren't st paul yet yeah yeah i think it was still rochester yeah yeah they hadn't changed to st paul because st paul needed to be um since it was an indie league they actually needed all that compression that manfred did that you and i both disagree with but they needed some of the affiliates to move around and so that enabled that but um Anyway, you go from, hey, I might live in Minneapolis or I might live in Rochester to, hey, bud, you're going to St. Paul. Um, when, when COVID first hits, uh, I assume you're kind of like, okay, well, I'm going to be going to the minors, but I'm, I'm you know, kind of waiting to see what happens. 
uh, when they canceled the minor league season, what's your mind frame? Like, are you just like, again, understanding why it had to happen, but like, I'm sure you got to be kind of like, well, now what am I going to do? Uh, yeah, for sure. I was at that point, I was the, the rhymes on the wall. I knew my end was up very, very soon. Like, I knew mm-hmm. I wasn't going to play much longer. Uh, I was going to give that one last go. I think 2020 was kind of, it was going to be the last run for me. Is I going to do really well and keep like, it's going to be boomer bust. If I have a average to anywhere to average down here, done. Mm-hmm. If mm-hmm. I can somehow crack myself in the big leagues, I'll keep playing. But it was that, that was my mindset. And then I didn't, I didn't get invited to major league camp that year. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's like, all right, COVID happened. My league's over. I was already kind of looking I was already kind of looking on to – I was starting OK Swings. That's when I started reaching out, working with some uh, hitters locally. Um, but, yeah, it was uh, – I was not expecting. I knew they were going to do – I knew kind of, we, they were kind of telling us, hey, they're going to do a, a camp type thing, a COVID, like kind of the taxi squad type thing. I was like, well, I wasn't in major league camp. I highly doubt I'm going to be in that. So I wasn't really – Brandon, I wasn't training. <laughs> it wasn't working out. I was yep. playing at a – I was playing a summer basketball league in Oklahoma. That was about all the conditioning I was doing. And uh, then I got a phone call and I was invited to Canton. I was very excited. It's like, well, this is going to be, this is going to be cool. I mean, just to be a part of this yep. type of history. Um, so I was very excited and uh, just went and tried to make the most, the best out of it. So I suppose a big reason why you would have been a draw for them there is because you had big league time. And so the fact that you could, marinate in st paul but then uh you know if they needed somebody in if they needed someone in uh minneapolis they could bring over someone who's actually played in the big leagues before yeah i think that was their understanding that's what they told me it's like you have yeah. been there you've done it. it's not you know we kind of you're a you're a safety net in a sense which Good. i'll take it what um what were the uh so you find out you're going what, what's your reaction and then like do you just like get to St. Paul and they have you they have accommodations for you or what is it? Uh, yeah. So I was at home. I was, I was not expecting to go. I get yeah. a phone call from my agent. Say, hey, you're going to, you're going to the camp. I'm like, Oh, hell yeah. So I get up there. I think I leave the next day or the, the, mm-hmm. two days after I go to St. Paul. Uh, they have, they have this hotel room worth the Hyatt in St. Paul, which is down the street from, uh, uh, the stadium. CHS. Yeah. Uh, so we can, yes, we can walk to it. And then we kind of, the first, like, I think it's first, it was first week or two weeks, we were kind of going to Target mm-hmm. uh, to, like, you know, have, like, practice, take BP, and we do simulated games, all that stuff. Uh, so we're kind of just going back and forth there. And then when the season started, we all stayed in, and stayed in St. Paul. Uh, but, no, the Twins are very, very, very accommodating, man. I don't, I don't see how anybody, any organization handled that whole situation better than Minnesota did. I mean, as far as accommodating players, making sure players are taken care of, as far as nutrition, everything, everything. I mean, I just don't see how another organization could do it better than how Minnesota did. So from someone who's played for multiple organizations, though, like how much variance is there on the minor league level? Um, and then two major league level, because, I mean, you did have big league time with multiple teams. Is there that much variance? Because, like, I saw, I think it was CJ Wilson tweeting about how, <laughs> pun intended, Mickey Mouse the setup was for angels players back in the day at spring training. Like, is there that much variance between organizations? Absolutely. And I've, I've been fortunate enough that 
I was in some organizations that took really good care of their players. So there was sure. one organization that I didn't really like that much, uh, but most of them. So it wasn't Minnesota, them, though. It wasn't Minnesota. No, it wasn't. Minnesota was top of the line. Uh, yeah. Minnesota, uh, Kansas City, um, Cubs, Phillies, great organization as far as like taking care of their guys. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Really good at that end. Um, it was uh, there's 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 different there's there's differences for sure. There's just how yeah. how people go about things, communications, everything. I mean, there's there's you know there's adjustments to be made. Sure, the sure. team does things differently, but it's overall, like there's there's some teams that have interest, like will want to take care of you, and make because you're there, like you're on their squad. The other teams are like, yeah, you're just you're not a you're not a dude for us. Like you're not a guy for us. So it's like. Eh. You know, it's, there's there's some of that too, unfortunately. And I didn't spend a lot of time in those organizations. I've always felt like, while it doesn't make sense to treat humans like that, I feel like their justification is this system is only ever going to create 26 big, big leaguers at any given time. So it's on them to fight. It's on them to provide. We'll take the 26 best or the 26 who are the best fit at this point. Now, again, that's a terrible way to look at human beings, but is your sense maybe that, you know, listen, it's up to you to work for it. We'll take the best of you. But it, there's teams that obviously don't, um, you know, feed players as well, have uh, adequate housing, that sort of thing. Um, what's the justification from the team side? Because that's all I could ever imagine is, listen, if we treat these guys like princes, we're still only going to have 26 big leaguers at any given time. I think it's a lot of that old school. Toughen up. Get it out the mud. Yeah, toughen up. If you, you know, Bootstraps. No. No pressure, no diamonds type of bullshit. Yeah. Uh, she gone. But, yeah, but it's you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, and there, and then it's the minor leagues. There's some of that. No matter where you're at, there's some. You know, there's yeah. Nights you're on a bus trip for twelve hours, and you know you're on the road playing in Rochester, and the visiting club he doesn't have breakfast for you for an eleven o'clock game, Brandon. Jeez. So there's some of that toughen up stuff. Yeah. Uh, but overall like the teams i was with they 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 had their best interest they want to take care of you they want to make sure yeah. like you're comfortable <clears throat> they want to make sure all your the stresses outside of the stadium were met so you can you can focus on you know being the bet you're you're the best player you could be in the so working hours you probably were there when some vets would roll through with like the you know where they provide on their rehab they give you guys a better meal um was that was that the case at uh, at any point in your career? Sorry, I'm getting a call from the boss. Um, was that a case where a player would come in from rehab and, and set you guys up with food? Like, did you ever deal with that? Oh yeah, Chris Medlin one time. I mean, we had it all the time. Uh, not all. But time. I mean, but I mean, I want to ask though. It's it's kind of treated as a heartwarming story. Is it weird or is it kind of cool? Oh, it's cool. We love it. We love because we're like I remember the first time I was I was in Arizona League. I just got I'm like. A, mo- a week into my professional yeah. career and it's yeah. like 118 degrees in Arizona and we're all sitting there and Alex Gordon just gives us like buys there's like 40 kids there he buys all of us just like route 44 slushes from Sonic we're like what this is amazing this is yeah. awesome and then Chris Medlin he had a like a five-star steakhouse come serve filet and lobster to us in the visiting clubhouse in Springfield, Missouri. And they, they, they he brought he brought in servers. Most of them they bring food. He brought in servers. They're bringing like na- these nice napkins and you put it in your lap and you sit in your chair at your locker. It was awesome. 
You That's awesome. I wondered if that was heartwarming or if it was weird. So I'm glad I'm glad that it's like that. Awesome. Um, that just came in my brain at the random second. Uh, anyway, um, so your daily routine with summer camp. Um, you said you guys stayed pretty close. So you could walk back and forth. Uh, I know there were, um, you know, restrictions on who could and couldn't be certain places. And what would a typical day, let's just say like, the most typical day right in the middle of it. So you're not preparing for the start or the end. You're just going through a regular day. Regular day. We get up, we get up pretty early. Cause we're only, we were only allowed four hours at the stadium. So it was, I think okay. it was, I think it was, it was, it was either seven to 11 or eight to noon, but the saints were still playing that year. So we had to be out, but we couldn't be there past. I think it was noon. I think it was eight to noon. Uh, so we get four hours. So you get up, uh, our nutritionist Rasa had, I mean, money, food for us ready every morning, uh-huh. uh, whatever we needed from that on our floor in a conference room on our hotel floor, not even in the hotel on the floor. Uh, we get there, we go down. Uh, we would, we have like, you do everything like groups of three or four, like small groups mm-hmm. and limit the space. Uh, mm-hmm. so one group's in. Like you're never around the same group. One group's either outside hitting, one group's in the cage hitting, one group's doing defense. So it's like you're never really around. Pitchers are kind of on the, their own program. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we do that. Uh, we do our BP. We hit. We do our defense. And then we play a quick simulated game. And we didn't have a lot of – we didn't have – we only had a certain amount of players. So we had – I remember one time we had like two or three coaches out there playing. You know, third <laughs> ones. I, I remember playing center field and I had – I had two coaches playing corner outfielders with outfield with me. Wow. And they didn't give a lot of hustle in the balls in the gap they were hit that day. No, you were um, Buxton that day. Yeah, yeah. So it was it was it was it was a cool it was really wild, but um it was very uh like I said we made we made do with what we did. We knocked that out. Mm-hmm. Uh, pitchers can only throw so much. Um, right. not only I mean they could throw more, but in the case that if someone went down up up top, like you got. We had to have a fresh arm, so we couldn't like guys couldn't like throw and be on the shelf for four days just in case right. that happened. So it kind of switched everything. We're trying to get hitters live at bats, trying to get hitters, uh, pitchers innings and pitches without you know, you know, long durations. So we only play like five inning inter squad games. Um, then we'd call a day. We would uh, so if you work, if you had a lift that day after, you'd work out, and then you just go back to your hotel room and. We'd hang out until the next morning. Wow. That just, uh, to me, that seems crazy. So let, let's assume the Braves or whoever's going to call you up and you're playing down at Gwinnett and you're doing your thing. Now, fast forward to 2020 and the Twins call you up from St. Paul. Um, what's the difference in terms of how ready you feel based on what you've been doing in the international league, you're playing games at St. Paul, you're playing inter-squad games and doing it. Like, do you feel like you would have still been as adequately prepared if you were playing regular games? Um, you probably haven't thought of that, right? I haven't even thought of that really, honestly. Um, yeah. As an athlete, as an player, you think you're always ready, okay. but looking back at it, there's probably going to be a little bit of, uh, not really that, you know, as much as you don't want to admit it, it's yeah. probably, you probably aren't. You're probably not as sharp as you are playing. No, would you say like seventy five percent, eighty percent? I would say yeah. You're probably seventy five, eighty percent where you want to. I mean, then again, I faced Johan Duran 
every other freaking day. So right. You face that guy, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you don't feel as sharp. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it, that's a, that's a that's a very good question. I didn't really thought of that. Um, well, but, but yeah, I was think I think because you're not you're not traveling, so you got to deal with you're not you're not used to traveling. You start you start traveling again. Yeah, uh, in the, in the regular season, you're used to the travel, and then you get called up. The travel's better, so it like makes the game a little easier and all that stuff. Right now, you're just kind of going in and out, hotel room, four hours a day. Like your days are short. You're not used yep. to those long seven, eight hour, eight, nine, ten hour days uh, that you, you know, you're not doing those there. So you're, you're probably not as sharp and pristine as you you probably would be if you're just doing a regular season. Were you glad to not have to go back to that for another minor, minor league season? Like, let's say 2021, the A's call up and you sign with them. Were you glad to not have to do that grind again? Or did was 2020, like, the way that was, like, okay, this can be it. I'm okay with that. Uh, if I was younger, I would not want to do it again. But I was older, Brandon, and I enjoyed just getting paid for doing four hours of work a day. I'm yeah. not. I'm not gonna lie. I, yeah, yeah. They're pretty much paying me to sit in a hotel room and play and play over the show. Yeah, yeah. And cool. work out well, and, hit, and hit. So uh, who did you? I, I loved. It. I was like, dude, where, I, where I'm at in my career, this is awesome. This is getting yeah. better. This, this yeah. is great. Uh, but if I'm younger, like, nah, definitely. It, it's it's a grind. It, it was. Uh, I I probably enjoyed it more than everyone else, just because. Yeah. I'm not that age, man. My body's a little sore. You know, I can't just roll out of bed and play anymore. Yeah. Uh, no, it's it, it's not. It was something I'm very very uh, glad I got to experience and just to be a part of it. But it's not something that just like oh I can't wait to do it again type thing. Right. Who are your guys on the team? Like who did you spend time with? Uh, Rooker was there. Rooker, Blankenhorn, uh, Xander Wheel. Yep. Uh, Jack Reinheimer. Um, I'm trying to think of the pitchers. Yeah, who would the pitchers have been? I'm trying to think. It, was, uh, it wasn't that long ago and at the same time. Yeah, and here's the thing. I was, I, was a spring, I was at spring training for like a week before I went home, so I didn't really meet everybody. Everyone else was still in Major League camp, so I didn't really get to meet all yeah, of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, Danny. Coulomb. Cool. Yeah, I can never say. Still can't. He's on the him. Orioles, yep. Uh, Juan Gratterall, I played with him. Years. The catcher. Yeah, so it was it was a good group. The guys were awesome. The coaching staff was cool. Yeah, uh, it was a, it was a great. Everyone was cool, man. It was it was awesome. We just kind of just hang out and chill. They didn't really want us going to each other's hotel rooms, but we did. Yeah, uh, but we're all on the same floor. We all like, you know, we we, you're we made, together anyway. Yeah, we made sure we kind of abided by the protocols because you didn't want to test positive. You test positive, they stick you in that room fourteen days. I mean, one of my locker mates, uh, Tovar, I think he had yep. a part of the test, I think. And he, he he didn't see him for 14 days. And he's just sitting in there. I was like, that's something. So everyone took their – everyone took, like, the protocol seriously. One, because if, if you're on the list, you're not going to get – you don't have any chance to get called up. <clears throat> Two, you don't want to sit in your hotel room for work. It isn't hard enough doing it for 20 hours a day. Yeah. You don't want to do it for 14 straight days. It was brutal. Real. Um, don't miss that side of it, um, but all as like I said, as bad as kind of as hectic as 2020 was, I was very fortunate enough, fortunate to be with Minnesota. What type of player? Uh, are we still doing okay on time? I feel like I'm going over. Are oh, you good, man? I, okay. I, I, you're good. What kind of player do you think 
I don't want to say benefited the most because the minor league season being canceled didn't benefit any player specifically, but um, what type of player probably had the least drawbacks? I'm thinking like, you know, your double a hitter who's mostly big league ready or, you know, like an Alex Kirilov probably had not that much of a drawback, but then again, you look at Royce Lewis who had a couple ACLs and injuries and he's toolsy. He's got a lot of moving parts in his swing. Um, I look at the twins quote unquote pitching pipeline, which, uh, you know, that year, then you got guys like Enlo getting hurt. That really screwed up their pitching plan. Um, what, In general, what do you think it did to development, and were there some players that were more fortunate than others? Yeah, I, as, yeah, I think um, – I think – I, I, for me personally, there was stuff I was working on with my swing that I was like, all right, this is, I can actually work on stuff here. Like, mm-hmm. I don't care. There's no stats to keep. So I was actually working on stuff. I, like, there's a lot of guys doing that. Uh, I think Duran saw a lot of benefit from it. Like, he may able to not worry about, uh, no, he's got that just freaking some splinters, or whatever he calls it. Like, him able to really get control of that and get a feel for that. He threw it a lot, like, in our games. It was like, because, you know, he would throw it so much, it just run out of the zone. He got it. I think during that time he was able to kind of slow himself down, kind of just work on getting a feel for certain pitches. I think he took yeah. a big, big jump. He took a big jump like in the middle of that summer. Well, if you walk 20 guys in a row with a splinker, that growth you've made on your splinker doesn't show up in the stat line as uh, walks per nine innings or anything. Right, right. I think, I think pitching uh, – Royce Lewis, um, obviously he wants that kid playing in games, but him coming down, he got to face – uh Pineda came in through through mm-hmm. live to us. A couple of the Bailey guys came in through live to us. Like I think getting guys like Jeffers, Kirilov, Lewis, Rooker, like those type of bats off of those type of guys. Um I think uh I think that benefited a lot. I also think that it benefited those guys mentally because they're right there. Like if they if Minnesota if something bizarre happens on the big on the on the major mm-hmm. squad. Like they're right there. Like there's no other other really other options. Like there's right. only a handful of guys you can pick. So I think it kind of like locked those guys in, which makes sense because those guys were banging in that camp. Like I mean, I haven't yeah. seen a bun- bunch like Larnick, Rooker, Jeffers, Kirilov, uh, Lewis. Those guys were just. I mean, those were that was about as talented group of young players I've ever been around. That's why I'm so enthused about the team, even though they're not playing crazy good baseball right now because you know Lewis is still working his way back from stuff. Kirilov's out right now. Um, Jeffers is not quite playing every day. Had that huge homer though off uh, Smith last night, like I said. Um, I still believe in this offensive core, uh, which is has been up and down this year. Um, where does Juwan Duran rank on the nastiest pitchers you've ever stood in against? He's, he's up there, I'm sure. He's got to be. He's up there for sure. And he wasn't as nasty as he is now. Yeah, like he was good, but like then, like he didn't have a great feel for the sinker yet. Like mm-hmm. it, it was nasty, but it's like you could kind of eliminate some pitches. Now it's he's got command of it. He's kind of throwing it both quadrant sides of the play. It's like, all right, this guy, and it's it's hard. It's it's firm. Right. Um, but he's up there. I, I he was a pain in the ass to face in twenty twenty. I can imagine he's more of a pain in the ass now. <laughs> well. uh He's only gotten better. Um, is there anything you feel like I didn't bring up that was really unique about the 2020? Because obviously from your end, you've seen a lot more. For for us as fans and as people who consume the game, you know, we don't know 
Um, is that a lot different than a minor league season, a little different than a minor league season? Is it unlike anything you've ever done? Could you see that working in a different scenario? Like from that 2020 season, what did you take away? Uh, I took away how fortunate I, I, I am personally that I even got that. Like when I was very you know, fortunate, there's a lot of guys, there's a lot of guys who didn't go to camp who were really good players. Um, yeah. I think you, I think it's, it's, you got it. You get it. Makes you appreciate kind of the minor, the competitive nature of it. Now you're playing inter squad games. Now you're competing, but it's like there's nothing to win, mm-hmm. you know. So that kind of like stinks. Uh, there's no like, and inter squad games are different. Like you're on a different team. Like there's you know there's only so many of us. Like you're not you're on a different you know, yeah. group of dudes every time. So there's no like team. You know, all of us aren't trying to go. We're all trying to beat each other. You know, we're all like boys, but it's a little different when you're like a squad trying to go beat another squad as opposed to just beating up on yourself. So you kind of, you mm-hmm. kind of miss the, uh, you get to where you miss like the competitive nature of like going to, you know, going to competing with your, with your dudes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's that you start to miss that quick, like pretty early on. Um, it gets a little monotonous, you know, kind of do the inner squad stuff. Is it but like spring training? Goes, is it like spring training goes on too long almost? Or yeah, it's, it's like an adult. It's like in a freaking veteran in a sense. It's like extended spring training for veterans. Veteran daycare. Yeah, exactly. But it's it's cool, man. It, it, was, it was as as much as it was different. It was a lot of cool stuff to it. Um, I I I enjoyed it probably more than a lot of guys did because it's just where I was at in my career. I was just thankful to be there, and I just you know. So when when you look back on your career, this is I'll, I'll end with this. Um, I see your numbers and I'm like, man, why didn't a guy like this get more chances? And I know you, you know, you baseball is a tricky thing where you're wrong place, wrong time and that sort of thing. But offensively, your numbers solid and obviously not a big sample. Um, What does it mean to you to have been in the big leagues? And do you ever think, yeah, I would have liked it to be more or, yeah, I'm happy with how it went or, you know, kind of how do you reflect on that? Uh, Obviously, I wish I could have played longer or more time up there. Uh, I think, like you said, I think it's you, you right place, right time. There's as easy as it was for me to get three years. It was, it could have been just as easy for me not to get three years or to yeah. me to get you know five years. Uh, it's it's a lot of that goes into it. I'm happy with it. Uh, there's things, there's things I wish I could do differently as far as like how I, as far as my, my swing and stuff that I started messing around with, there's some things, but those are all learning experiences that I now get to kind of navigate other, my, my hitters I work with now through. So I don't really, I don't think I'm as good. At, I feel like I'm a good uh, teacher and instructor at hitting now compared because of the, some of the stuff I went through as a player. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously I wish I could have played a little bit longer, but at the same time, I'm, I'm very fortunate for, uh, for what I was able to accomplish. Cause you know, in 2016, I had, I got released by the Yankees out of double A. I was kind of like, man, what am I going to do now? I've had, mm-hmm. I had three at bats in Kansas city at 14 at that time. So, you know, to say I was going to collect another, you know, two years, you know, and, you know, make an opening day roster and be on a playoff roster. I was like, wow, that, that, that's, that's a lot compared to where I was in 2016. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very happy with it. Uh, I don't have any regrets on anything I did. Uh, yeah, man. I'm, I'm just I'm fortunate enough. I was healthy. I was healthy my whole career. And, mm-hmm. uh, Not many people I, say that. That I'm thankful for. I don't, you know, I can, 
I'm if I need to go play baseball right now, I could. Like you know, the guys, you know, the, the body doesn't hold up for them. Like I'm right. physically act like very like fit and active. I can still run and stuff. So you know, I'm not body's not banged up. I can play with my kid, play with my cousins. You know, nappy, nappy, and all that stuff. So uh, all in all, man, I'm very fortunate. Very fortunate. <laughs> I do have one little quiz question for you. You took, you were taken in the 13th round of the 2009 draft. Three players from that draft played in the big leagues and have a positive war. According to baseball reference, you are in the middle of those two players. Do you know who the other two are from Kansas city or the whole thing? The whole thing. 13th uh, round that draft. Be, it's got a oh, 13th round. So one guy's Matt Carpenter. Playing. Matt yeah, 28.6. He kind of takes it home. Uh, yeah. but see if you can figure out your old point, your your point six. There was a guy who was point five who was taken six uh, picks ahead of you. What team? Uh, I know him best from the Mets. He was drafted by the Orioles. Oh hell, I have no idea. This is some immaculate grid. Uh do you ever watch the video um where Noah Syndergaard got thrown out and the umpire said his ASS is Kelly? Ty Kelly, Ty yes. Kelly. All right. Ty Kelly's in that video. He's in I that respect. video. Obviously, he doesn't say much, but um, I respect Ty Kelly's grind, man. I exactly, his grind. He was just playing last year, didn't he? My Mariner sign or something. I'm going to turn on TV. I want to see him on a freaking. I'm going to see him somewhere. He just pops oh, yeah. up. But I say I respect the grind. It's like Bill Gosselin. Yep. This yep. guy just well, this guy rakes everywhere he goes. He's just. You know, he I respect it. those guys, man. It's well, hard listen, to do. Lane, thank you so much for your time. Uh, if people want to follow you on Twitter and they should at LA underscore swiftness, I tell, tell people they shouldn't follow me, but um, they should definitely follow you. They should also follow at locked on twins. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. Check back. We'll have some weekend coverage twins Rangers. It's uh boy. This Rangers team is pretty dang good lane. Um, that West is going to be a good fight. The central I think is over, but the West is going to be won by someone. And uh, I don't know who that is, but um, subscribe, like, give us a five-star rating on wherever you're watching or listening. YouTube, give us that subscribe and thumbs up. Otherwise, this is Brendan Warren signing off saying thank you so much and have a freaking week. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.